Shalom everyone. Today's audio is Perak Lamed Vav of the book of Yeshayahu, chapter 36 of Isaiah. And this chapter, as well as some of the following ones, actually almost carbon copies of chapters in Malachim Bet, Kings 2, chapters 18 to 20. Although as it happens, these chapters fell over Sukkot, so we covered them relatively quickly. Chapter 36 looks at the beginning of the siege of Jerusalem by the Assyrian army. Now it came to pass in the 14th year of King Chizkiyahu that Sancherev, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. But a little bit of background. As we've learned, Assyria is the regional power of the era. Around 732 BCE, Ahaz, Chizkiyahu's father, is under attack from the kingdom of Israel and Aram, reaches out to Assyria for help. He pays tribute to Ashur, saying, Avdecha ubincha ani, I am your servant and your son. And amazingly, he even recreates the Assyrian temple in Jerusalem. Under his reign, Judah was under the complete cultural influence of Assyria. Achizkiel becomes king around five years later and carries out religious reforms, but continues giving tribute to Assyria. A few years later, in 721 BCE, following a rebellion by the northern kingdom of Israel, the Assyrians conquer that kingdom and exile its inhabitants, the ten tribes. Chizkiel continues to be one of the kings in the region who pays a tribute to Assyria, but countries like Egypt and Babylon are beginning to consider trying to throw off the yoke of Assyrian rule. And it seems they entered into discussions with Chizkiahu about joining them. The prophet Yeshayahu has consistently opposed the kingdom involving itself in the great power game of alliances. He opposed both joining with Assyria during Ahaz's time, and now he opposes allying with Egypt against Assyria. Yet around the years 701 to 705 BCE, a few things happen. The Assyrian ruler Sargon dies and is replaced by Sancherev. A new, more assertive king reigns in Egypt. And Chizkiel decides that the time is right to join with Egypt and others in trying to break the Assyrian control of the region. This in turn leads to Sancherev and his army marching along the coast to battle the Egyptian army, as well as to try and destroy some of the cities in Chizkiel's kingdom. Now the military campaign isn't just described in the Tanakh. Based on Assyrian sources, we learn that in 701, the Assyrian king turned towards rebellions in the west. First, he attacks Phoenicia, with Sidon falling and its king fleeing across the sea. Soon other cities and kingdoms, Ammon, Moab and Edom, submit. When the Philistine city of Ashkelon succumbed, Sancherev removed the king, his wife, sons, daughters, brothers and kin, and exiled them back to Assyria. Turning east, Sancherev overwhelmed Philistine Ekron suspended the bodies of its rebellious leaders on stakes, 
throughout the city. Sancherev then turns his attention to Judah. An inscription was found in Nineveh in the 19th century on the walls of Sancherev's palace. And it talks about this campaign against, against the kingdom of Judah and says his army occupied 46 cities in the kingdom. It describes how over 200,000 men, women, horses, donkeys, camels and cattle were taken from these cities. Now we don't know how many of these 200,000 were people and how many were animals, but bearing in mind the exile of the northern tribes was under 30,000 people. What we're reading about here is pretty devastating. And then Sancherev writes this, as for him, Chizkiyahu, I can find him inside the city Jerusalem, his royal city, like a bird in a cage. I set up blockades against him and made him dread exiting his city gate. What we learn from Melachim Bet, chapter 18, is that at this stage, Chizkiyahu realizes his mistake and gives the Assyrian monarch lots of gold but it's seemingly too little, too late. The beginning of our chapter, chapter 36, sees Rav Shakeh, which might be the name of a specific individual, but is more likely a head steward. He's sent from Lachish, which has already been destroyed, to Jerusalem, to King Chizkiyahu, accompanied by a great army. He stands by the conduit of the upper pool, in the highway of the Fuller's Field, and gives a speech. Rav Shaka makes a number of arguments. But what's interesting about the speech is that some of these arguments could actually have been made by Yeshayahu. He says that Judah shouldn't rely on Egypt. You've trusted in Egypt, this shattered reed. This has long been an argument made by the prophet against those in the royal court who argued that Judah should ally with Egypt against Assyria. Rav Shaka then says that the Assyrians have been sent by God. Am I now come, I now come up without the Lord against this land to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. And, in G and indeed, in chapter 5 of Yeshayahu, we read one of the prophecies that talks about God saying that he shall raise a banner for nations from afar and whistle to one at the end of the earth. None tires, none stumbles among them. He does not slumber, does not sleep. His arrows are sharpened. All his bows are drawn. And the section is believed to be referring to Assyria. It's clear that Rav Shakeh's speech is pretty frightening to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. In fact, we then learn through a request by the leaders of Judah to change the language in which he's speaking, that the entire time Rav Shakeh has been speaking in Yehudit, in Hebrew. It looks like things are pretty grim for Chizkiyahu in Jerusalem, but through heartfelt prayer and God's involvement, we're about to witness a miraculous turnaround. But for that, we'll have to wait for chapter 37.
wishing everyone a Shabbat Shalom.